Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. talk about stories of mystery, true crime, and folklore of the unusual, unsettling, and oftentimes unsavory goings-on of our world today, yesterday, and long ago. And we are back with another bonus episode this week, episode 27, and we have a special guest. My love, why don't you introduce our special guest? Yes, this is our dear, very special friend, Cece. Cece, how you doing? You know what? I'm doing pretty all right. You're doing. Hmm. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm doing. You're doing. You're doing. We're all here. We're just, all here. Just by we the skin it. of our teeth, we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we really squeaked into recording we're this. We really sure did. We sure did. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> yeah. Well, as is the the usual, we need to ask the question, what's everybody drinking tonight? All right. You ask me. Okay. I'll ask you, then you ask Cece, and Cece can ask me. Yeah, like a little triangle so, of good. friends. So what are you drinking, Haley? You know, I'm drinking the largest Mountain Dew I could find. <laughs> because you're squeaking in. Because I'm squeaking in. <laughs> it does not feel like the weekend. I will say that. Mm-mm, that's fair. It feels like Thursday. I'm on like day. <laughs> I'm on like day 53 of there being no weekends. Is what it feels <laughs> like. So, Cease, tell us what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a simply spiked. From your refrigerator. Yeah, it you is are. Strawberry flavored. <laughs> nice. Nice. It's quite delightful. Uh, those rock. Kevin, what are you drinking? I am also drinking a Simply Spiked. Did you I'm take doing, Twinsies? I'm doing, I'm sorry, I'm doing the watermelon one. Listen. This time. I <laughs> Listen. know. I know. I'm a little defensive. I don't usually take the ones that you like the most. I know. You're a good sport. I'm kind of like a giant diva. <laughs> like, I would be a really terrible leader of a country or like... Of a dominion because I just take and protect everything that I want for me. You know, I almost grabbed the watermelon. <laughs> See, I would have been fine with it if you would have. Oh. And I'm fine with it <laughs> See now. See how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I am fine with it. There, but there is that like involuntary thing mm-hmm. in me that's like, what has he done? <laughs> what? What? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, because it's a bonus episode this week, we don't have a feel-good fact. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and explain, this is a really special bonus episode, I think. Why don't you go ahead and explain what we're going to be doing here today? Yes, so tonight we will be doing our very first ever listener edition of the podcast. So we've been getting submissions from listeners and friends of the podcast now for several months. I think since I put a couple feelers out there on Mm -hmm. the social medias and like I've asked some people about it, we've probably gotten maybe... 10 to 15, I'd say. Nice. And so I did not want to blow through all of them in one night. And I kind of wanted to give each story the kind of the chance to have its moment. Yeah. And so if you are listening and you submitted a story and you don't hear it, fear not. Because there are plans in the works for (laughs) your story to be shared soon. Yeah. Um, And if, you know, you get through this episode and you're like, hey, I have a spooky story I want to share. You can do that, and we will give you the information for that at the end of the show. That's right. Fun, fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are you guys ready? I am so ready. Born and ready. We are being blessed tonight, and so are all of you, with Cece herself sharing a personal story. And Ooh. there is a photo that goes with it that I can't wait to put on social media because it's a nightmare. <laughs> 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 so, all right. <laughs> I uh, I did write a... A little lead in. Okay. So grab your trick-or-treat bucket and brace yourself for some spooks. Because these ones are some doozies. Ooh, the plural. The plural doozies. Yes. A multitude wow. of doozies. 
All right. So before I start, I have a little qualifier. So we receive stories that are so well written. And I love the way that people choose to express their stories. Some of them have uh, adult language in them, however, which Mm. we are totally fine with. Nobody over here at This One's a Doozy is clutching their pearls over that. Right. But we want to try and keep our podcast as accessible as possible to as many people as possible. And so we're going to do like a little self-censoring. So uh, anytime there's a curse, (laughs) we're going to, (laughs) we're just going to censor it with a heck. Yeah. (laughs) Just to keep it clean. And you know what? If you are sending your story and you're somebody who likes to express yourself with colorful language, go for it. You tell it however you want, and we'll just do our own little censoring to keep it clean. That was yeah. just a little qualifier. Yeah. So so you can send it in, and we don't give a sh- Heck! <laughs> <laughs> All right, yes. here is story number one. My name is Erica. I found your podcast through another podcast. I've sent this story to another podcast, but I'm not caught up and not sure if they've read it. I'm not the best at storytelling, but here we go. Erica, don't lie to me. You're a great storyteller. So... Growing up, I have had plenty of paranormal experiences happen. My dad didn't believe, but my mom did as she had had her own experience. There's plenty of little things that happened in the house I grew up in in California, but this story happened as an adult living in rural Nevada. For one thing, Ely is a very old and small mining town in the middle of nowhere. When I say middle of nowhere small, I mean there was four stoplights at one point. Now there's only two and nothing around for hours. Fun fact, Ghost Adventures recently went to Ely to check out the ghost train. So now my ex and I were renting a house in a smaller town called McGill, just outside of Ely. There are no stoplights there. So it's like real small. Oh, wow. So out in front of our house is a completely fenced off area that used to be a mine called Kennecott Copper Mine with many underground mine shafts that are dangerous to be around. I always heard rumors that there would be a man yelling or a kid crying that you could hear coming from there. Ooh. Which, like, oh. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, one night, heard it. It freaked me out a little because even though I love all things spoopy, I don't like experiencing it. Relatable. Yeah. yeah I yeah, like yeah. the idea of being afraid, but not for real. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, we went to bed and we had our door open as always because my ex's son was three at the time. I'm not sure what time of night it was, but we woke up to him yelling, get out, get out, get out. And we sat up immediately. I looked at the couch right outside the bedroom to see the dog laying there sleeping. That's when I knew something was wrong. We got up and went to see what was wrong. He kept saying, guy, guy, and pointing to the corner of his room. What? In my mind, I'm saying, nope, nope, nope. (laughs) I wanted to nope the heck out of there. His son slept with us the rest of the night. My ex's family is all about spoopy stuff. (laughs) That's how she wrote it, spoopy stuff. We would go to ghost towns nearby, use an EVP and catch voices from the graveyards there. Super creepy, and we did it a lot. So they decided to see what we could catch in our house. I wasn't too thrilled. I wasn't sure if I wanted to know. There were quite a few of us there that night, some of us hanging out in our smoke room, some going around trying to talk to whatever is in the house. They came back and said that there were two little kid voices, but they couldn't make out what they were saying. Hard no. Hard no. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, pass. (laughs) But they felt like they were scared of the man my then stepson was afraid of. (sighs) That just like got me. Like the little voices they heard seemed to be afraid of a man. (sighs) They went back to it. I stayed in the smoke room wanting nothing to do with it. That is the correct move. Yes. Then, all of a sudden, my shins and the top of my feet went cold. It felt like two kids clinging to me, sitting on my feet. Like a kid would hang on to you while you walk around. Oh, my gosh. And again, I wanted to nope the heck out. Yeah. Later in the night, we were all hanging out in my living room, and my ex went to walk into the kitchen. But before he disappeared behind the wall, he turned and looked at me and did so while continuing to walk. Mm. The look he gave me, I had never seen before, and it made me super uneasy, but I ignored it. We all went back to the smoke room and my ex started playing a song on his phone on repeat, rocking back and forth and starting to giggle. Mm. A giggle he has never done before and has not been able to replicate. Everyone we were with were mostly his cousins, and they could also tell something was off. 
He started talking, but no one could make out what he was saying. This went on for what seemed like forever, but probably only about five minutes. Yeah. He went silent again. He was himself again. Did I just witness him getting possessed? What? I don't know, but I was officially freaked the heck out. Let's just say I have never listened to Duality by Slipknot ever again after this. <laughs> As I said before, I have other stories that are short. This just happened to be the longest one. If this gets on an episode, I'll probably freak the heck out. And I apologize for the length. Do not apologize. It was perfect. That is a great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Scary. Erica, I would have probably passed out. I say that a lot on the show (laughs) when things scare me. I actually think I would pass out. Mm. Oh, my gosh. That is so scary. The the thought of witnessing someone get possessed is like just, you know, you've only seen it in movies. Mm -hmm. So it's like one of those things you're like, wait. If you're lucky, anyway. Yeah. Cece. Unless you're that was ominous. Yeah. <laughs> I may have. What? Oh. You, what? what? Okay, well, there's a no, story no, no. for later. Spill. Hello. Hi. What's up? You gotta... Um, don't leave me hanging. This is the first time I'm hearing this. Really? Um Cece. Well, <laughs> I don't... Well, this one's not really mine to tell, but... Um, I guess there there was a point a couple winters ago where I was uh, paralyzed in my sleep. Ooh. I had a oh sleep paralysis is freaky. Um, yeah, I had a nightmare and it was very vivid. Uh, I was with my family. We were at a hotel and I went to the mirror and Ooh. saw no um like just a warped version of myself and felt a presence oh. and then I was trying to wake up and I realized I was awake Oh no! and I yeah. couldn't move. And I remember trying to scream like, but all that was coming out physically was like a oh, little my, squeak. Yeah, yeah. Like I could not oh, scream no. and I felt it behind me <gasps> where Cece. if I turned around, I would have seen it. no. I'm so glad you didn't turn around. I, I, you don't come back from that kind of thing. I don't know. I could not. And I was <sighs> home alone and yeah. I'm like, mm, scary. Mm, no, no. So hmm. I can't believe I, I never heard that story before. That is scary. That's not even the one that you submitted. What the heck? <laughs> That's not the one I submitted. What? No, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was long enough. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That is a great, it's beautiful. great anecdote at the end great of anecdote. another great story yeah. from Erica. Yes. Thank you, Erica, for sharing that with us. Mm. All right. So our next story is sent to us by my friend Carly. So Carly says, hey, Haley, I got busy with work yesterday, so I didn't have time to send an email about these experiences. These are not spooky, but to me, affirm that there's something else beyond this life. Mm. As you probably know, my oldest sister died a few months ago. I do know oh, that, and I'm very sad. sorry. Leading up to, directly after, and since, people in my family have experienced some really strange, unexplainable things. Here Mm. are some of the most striking. Heather had a baby who passed away before she was born. The day Heather thinks her baby died, she had a really vivid dream where our grandpa was holding a baby and said to her, I'll take care of her. Mm. And then he turned and walked away and she woke up. I brought that up at the hospital when we were sharing stories. This was after we knew that there would be no happy ending with Heather's condition. Two of my cousins then said that within the few weeks before that day, they had dreams with our grandpa in them as well. It reminded me that I had one too just a few weeks before her accident. Mine was really realistic, and when I woke up, I felt like I had actually spent time with my grandpa. Weird. The day Heather died was his birthday. So I feel like he was visiting some of us because he knew what was going to happen, but he wanted us to know that he's still with us and everything's okay. The day after she died, I was at my mom's with my brother and his wife. I was scrolling through my phone when it started acting up. It was opening, closing, and swiping between pages. I said something and then it stopped. My mom and brother didn't think anything of it. Then it started happening again a few seconds later, and I held up my phone to show them. They were just staring at it, and my brother goes, Heather, stop. And it stopped immediately and hadn't happened since. Hmm. 
crazy. No, that's crazy. Um, so the morning after her funeral, my other sister Megan was making coffee and looked out her window. She saw two bright blue orbs in her yard. They were not a reflection, but they were only visible from two windows in her house. She woke up her kids to make sure she wasn't going crazy. They were there for a while and they slowly faded. If you want, I can send a picture she took of them, which she sent the picture and I will definitely show you guys. Okay. Heck yeah. Um, my grandma has a little music box. So it's not something that can be cranked up. She set an example. Mm -hmm. um, it's like an old school music box. So it started going off on its own one day. My grandma said it went on for about a minute. Just last week, my mom went to the chiropractor, whose office is directly across from the accident site. While in the waiting room, the lights in the building went off and then came back on a few moments later. She didn't say anything, but Heather was strongly on her mind after that. Hmm. When checking out, she said she was overcome with a really strong urge to ask the receptionist if she was there when Heather got in the accident, and so she did. The receptionist said she was the first person on the scene and held Heather's hand until paramedics arrived. She didn't know who she was, and she said that she was glad my mom said something to her because she really wanted to talk to the family and let them know that Heather was never alone. Mm. Megan started setting up a room for Heather's son to use so he could have his own space. She said she had to go outside for a little bit because she was overwhelmed and a little bit angry with Heather because the room they were converting was a dining room that Megan had just spent a ton of time redoing. She was, you know, honestly feeling really normal human emotions that she had to get yeah, out, you yeah. know, very normal. When she was outside, a blue feather came and it hit her in the face. We've read that things like cardinal feathers are signs from past loved ones. She said it felt like she was getting a message that things will be okay. There have been other strange things that have happened, but those are the most unexplainable to me. Heather always really believed in that kind of thing, so I'm not surprised that she has let us know that she's still around. That was a lot, so I hope it gives you some material to work with. Carly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That one gives me, like, goosebumps, but not in, like, the same, like, freaky way that I usually get them. Look at the picture. I'm showing them. Oh, the wow. Those are those are not reflections. Yeah, no. just, like, random little. They're glowing. Yeah. I mean, they're straight up it looks glowing. Like, it looks like a laser pointer. Mm -hmm. It almost does. Well, and I'm zooming in on them right now. And they're so clear. They're yeah. so clear. Yeah. Very, very bizarre. Wow. All right. So we've got one more short story from Erica, and then... We get to hear Cece's story. Is this the same Erica? Or same Erica, same yeah. Erica. Okay. She sent in another one. Oh, okay. okay. Yes. So I have another story. Annabelle and Robert the doll reminded me of a quick little story that oh. I have about a doll. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so in high school, my best friend moved to a new apartment with her mom and sister. My boyfriend at the time and I decided to stay the first night there with her since her mom worked overnight. She had this doll that just gave me the creeps, but I'd never seen it before. We all agreed that we did not want it near us. <laughs> Relatable again. <laughs> what was to be her bedroom was full of boxes, so I climbed all the way to the far corner and put the doll behind a stack of boxes. Correct. <laughs> she put her little sister to bed, and then the three of us laid on the floor together and passed out. The next morning, we woke up to the doll sitting at our heads and some of the hair sticking to a fire sprinkler on the ceiling. We all swear that none of us moved it there, and I believe them because I'm a light sleeper and I would have woken up. <laughs> Dolls are one of the few things that actually give me the creeps. There. Oh <laughs> what a weird little doll. That is a creepy little doll. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for sending those. All right. We are now going to be graced with Cece's story. Take us away, Cece. Yes. Excellente. Uh, I would like to begin with some context. Hi, my name is Cece, Cecilia for being formal. <laughs> I was born in Texas, and even though I've lived in Omaha since I was in pre-K, I still feel the need to mention that I'm from Dallas, specifically Grapevine, <laughs> <laughs> and that every time we go back to see family, I slip into a southern drawl. I cling to it as part of my identity, likely because I find it more interesting than Nebraska, no offense. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, we know. I mean, it's a lot bigger, there's a colorful history, and you have access to the sea. Coming from the most landlocked state in the Union, that sounds pretty neat. <laughs> and a lot of great things and folks came from Texas, but the only thing that comes to mind is bowling for soup. Mm. see. <laughs> wow. You've just alienated 60% of our listeners. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, 
few, there's a few that are like, oh yeah, Bowling for Soup. <laughs> I forgot about that band. Now great. Listen. So there you go. You're welcome, Bowling You're for welcome, Soup. Bowling. We'll take a sponsorship if <laughs> yes. you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, where was I? Oh yeah, context. Uh, today I'll be talking about Lake Whitney, a flood control reservoir on the main stem of the Brazos River, the 11th longest river in the U.S. in Texas. <laughs> The reservoir encompasses a surface area of more than 23,500 acres and 225 miles of shoreline. Wow. Damn. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Cat, like, confidently left that N out for that joke. I sure did. (laughs) Um... Long before the lake was impounded, the Brazos River Valley had been a hospitable landscape for human settlement for centuries. Archaeologists have unearthed prehistoric sites dating back to well over 12,000 years ago. Jeez. Right? Hmm. Throughout the early 1800s, Comanche, Caddo, and Hene peoples settled along the banks of the Brazos in this area. The most prominent group, the Hene, migrated from Louisiana in 1835, but by 1850, they were forced to move further upriver because of... Care to guess, Kevin? Is it the dam? No, oh. it's white guys. Oh, that, well, okay. Uh, white guys. Was it because they set up a dam? Not quite. Oh, just because they were bad. Just, just be- white guys just in general. Just white guys just white in general. Guys. Anglo pioneers established the former native settlement, which is about 15 miles west of Hillsborough, Texas, in Hill County. Now, the Anglo settlers reportedly named their village Towash after a Hene leader. Hmm. Interesting. Towash. Towash. Nice. In 1854, two brothers, Simpson Cash and James Harrison Dyer, which the Dyers are still a very prominent uh, family, like, really? in terms of wealth. Hmm. Okay. In Texas, they're pretty well known applied for permission from the state officials to construct a dam on the Brazos River at Towash to power a grist mill in 1854. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it gets better. It gets better. Hold on. Hold on, (laughs) McGlure. They built one of the first mills west of the Mississippi River. Then the Dyers and 43 other residents of Towash petitioned the Texas legislature for permission to build the first dam on the Brazos River. After getting the green light from the Committee of Public Lands, trees were cut down along the riverbank the summer of 1856 when the river was low. The brothers hauled the trees into the dry riverbed using teams of oxen and placed them side by side close together with their root ends buried downstream. They partially cut the tree branches and wove them together. The branches let water through but not sand and gravel, which formed the dam that operated the mill. Interesting. Yeah. So this mill ground wheat and corn into flour and meal, and the Dyer's Mill advertisements brought customers from Mississippi and therefore new settlers. It usually employed over 50 people, operated 24 hours a day, and closed midnight Saturday until midnight Sunday. Hmm. Um, And it also served as a social center. People had to wait for two or three days to get their wheat and corn ground. The farmers would share news and musicians would spontaneously fire up their instruments. Hmm. Sounds like a good time at the mill. It really does. It does, right? You guys want to go hang out at the mill and get some wheat? Sick, I'll bring my camping gear. (laughs) I mean, it was a hoedown. Kevin, bring your banjo. It's on. Oh my gosh. I don't want it. Or your git joe, because you don't know how to play a banjo. I don't have a banjo, that's true. The location of the mill on the Brazos River made it a popular spot for young couples' Sunday afternoon wagon rides. (laughs) Can you imagine? That's what it is. Yeah. That's what they were doing. That's what they were doing. Uh, The brothers added wool carting machine in 1860. Women traveled for... From 100 miles during the early years of the Civil War to have wool carted at Towash for clothing and blankets for Civil War soldiers. Interesting. So it was a pretty hopping place. Sounds you know? like it, yeah. yeah. Um, John Wesley Hardin, an outlaw of the Old West, frequently visited and wrote letters to his family about Towash. Huh. Oh. The more you know. Yeah. Uh, he stabbed a boy in the chest with a knife when oh. he was 14 years old over a girl. Wow. Yeah. His first kill. Early outlaw. Oh, that was his first. He killed him. Well, yeah, he did stab him in the chest. That usually well, doesn't end. Well, that wasn't his first kill. Uh, he oh. just stabbed the boy. 
Oh, okay. She's about to tell us about it. His first kill was in 1868, and he killed 20 men in 10 years. Uh, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's kind of a folk legend, but very controversial because it's like, well, he was pretty shifty. He was a murderer. He was a good-looking guy, too. Was he? Mm, He had a mustache. People are like, hashtag, (laughs) sign me up. By the way, if you have a mustache... Just let Cece know. <laughs> Cece needs Slide to Slide into those DMs and <laughs> let her know about your your mustache. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he killed a local toe wash man over a card game on Christmas Day in 1869. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's how he's connected to toe wash. But he is a <laughs> figure amongst the famous men of the Old West. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, toe wash began to decline. I'm sorry. I just toe wash. Mm-hmm. Yes. Toe wash uh, began to decline in the 1870s, and a flood destroyed the dam, mill, and cotton gin in 1908. The residents of Toe Wash built the Toe Wash Baptist Church in 1856. In the 1880s, the new railroad bypassed Toe Wash for Whitney. Uh, church oh, members okay. saved the bell. Hand hewn rostrum, banister, Bible, and church records, and built a replica of the church a few miles east when Lake Whitney was approved hmm. a few decades later. Okay. So, Texas experienced several devastating floods between 1913 and 1921 due to rivers overflowing from heavy rains. As a result, in the 1930s, the U.S. government began approving and authorizing the building of dams along the Texas rivers with the intention to absorb these floodwaters. Mm-hmm. The construction of the dam started in May 1947, and the Brazos River was impounded in December 1951. The construction of the dam's powerhouse began in April of 1951 and was completed in June of 1953. All right. Okay. Towash is still submerged under Lake Whitney. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Underwater lake towns? Like, yeah, it's crazy because it makes me think of like Lake Lanier and like yeah, 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 crazy. Right, the, that the idea of that is very spooky to me. It is very it's spooky. like eerie, you know. Well, it's yeah. like you know there were people who lived and mm-hmm. died there and mm-hmm. um, were buried there, mm-hmm. and then hey, you're just Atlantis, yeah, the lost city. Yes, um, crazy. It's located at the mouth of Towash Creek. Scuba divers say that it's about 110 feet under the water. When the lake is low, you can see some of the old foundations. What? (laughs) Yeah, that'd be eerie. (laughs) And uh, in Texas, there's a lot of droughts. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, fast forward to the 1980s. Considered one of the prettiest lakes in Texas, Whitney is a popular destination for outdoor adventures. The Hatley clan, my mother's family. Mm. Oh, there's a little bit of, okay, okay. Here comes the tie-in. It's yeah. Here so comes the tie-in. It's Listen, I know this story and it's so good. <laughs> the Hatley clan has used the campgrounds for Labor and Memorial Day weekends for several summers. Jim and Jean pack up their camper and join their four daughters and their families for swimming, fishing, and eating a lot of sandwiches and fruit plates. Mm. I'm talking apples, grapes, PB, and Colby cheese. PB and Colby. All from the heart of Texas. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You're really, like, immersing yourself into the, like, Lake Whitney speak, and I love it. The highlight of my dad's first weekend there with my mom's family was telling spooky stories around a campfire with the nieces and nephew. Mm-hmm. He and my uncle Gary spun tales of the Lake Whitney monster, a terrifying <laughs> creature that, from what I can gather, gave off Black Lagoon vibes. <laughs> nice. That's of, such an uncle thing to do. Yeah. Isn't it, though? <laughs> of course, the kids weren't buying it. So my dad, Mike, since no one called him dad at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad, Mike, uh, goes into the woods and puts together a costume with my aunt, Beth and my mom, Mary, helping him. Oh, no. no. A park ranger comes along and asks what they're up to, and Mike tells the guy what's up and that they're trying to scare the kids. Dude's like, I'm in. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 
and wanders over to the campsite <laughs> to meet them there later, warning everyone that there had been sightings of the monster and to keep the kids within the confines. <laughs> oh my God. And at this oh, point, no. Kelly, who was my oldest cousin, she was screaming, running around crying like, he's been spotted, he's been spotted. <laughs> oh my gosh. And their moms it's are just iconic. like, what? What's going on? You know? Yeah. Um, so at this point, they're just terrified because they didn't realize that authorities can lie to you. You <laughs> 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 just oh really gosh. believe that the park ranger. They were all in on it. <laughs> so Mike waited for the perfect moment um, to take his leave. My mom piled the kids into her crappy little car because mm-hmm. <laughs> they were going to go somewhere safe. And as she drove slowly down the road, my dad <laughs> jumps onto the hood of the car. <laughs> what? <laughs> and the kids are on the floorboards oh like of gosh. the vehicle. They're crying. They're screaming. <laughs> um, just... And my dad rolls off into the, uh, like the footage. Footage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> like the kids are like, we have to get out of here right now. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, Mary's like, Mike, Mike, uh, it's time. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that that was just a fun little camp oh campfire story. Amazing. <sighs> what I would have gi- given. What I would give to have witnessed that. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's like top-tier Uncle Moo. Yes. So the next year, uh, the last time that they visited Lake Whitney was a miserable experience. Mm. So not fun like that. Not fun. (laughs) It was a hot and muggy Labor Day weekend. The lake was low, so you could see the foundation Mm, of the old town. Yeah. Jim and Jean brought their new used camper Mm. to break it in. Yes. My parents had their dogs, Pookie and Hoover. Nice. uh, And they were to sleep in the bed converted from the dining table. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all are familiar. Yeah, yeah. We we slept in like that. Everyone showed up expecting good times, but something felt off from the start. My mom described it as just oppressive. Ooh. There were complaints of headaches Everyone was bickering, and the dogs would whimper and Mm. refuse to go near my parents' bed. Weird. And after one restless night, my parents decided to pack up and leave. Uh, Everyone else, I think, left by the end of the day. The next day, it was just... Oh, man. Everyone just could tell something was off. Something was off, and there were a lot of, like, there were... My mom says there were a lot of uh, drinkers, like people partying nearby. Uh, like that a you little could chaotic. Hear. It was Man. very rowdy. Yeah. And yeah. it's never rowdy. Mm. So it, it just wasn't a good experience. Mm-hmm. And so the freaky part didn't happen until my grandpa had the film and his Kodak camera developed a few months later. The family was reviewing the collection when they came across an unsettling photo of a man with a warped face sitting at the dining table where my parents had been sleeping. What? Um, Have you seen this? Yeah. I don't think so. If you'd like to try to describe what you see. Is that not the scariest thing you've ever seen in your life? Wait, so this person wasn't there? No. Um, The thing is, at first, at first, everyone thought it was my dad just because of the dark hair. But he had been insisting, that's not me. That is not my face. You can clearly tell it's oh not God. me. So and let me describe it for a second because I feel like I got this. Let me uh, let me peek at it again. Okay, describe so it. That's, Cece brought a ooh. brought a printed out version of this, and we've been given permission by her family to share this photo on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. So you guys will be seeing it. But in this picture, there is very clearly somebody sitting at the table behind your. Is that that's your grandmother? That's correct? my grandma. Yeah. So he looks like he's trying to be a person. He, his face is warped. It's like slightly miscolored. His eyebrows are very oddly shaped. Uh-huh. It almost looks like he's wearing like clown makeup. Yeah, that's what my But the proportions was. are off. Yes. This is 
hands down one of the most bizarre things I've ever it seen in my so life. Freaky. And here's the thing, like my grandma Jane was always a very stoic woman mm-hmm. who didn't let anything phase her. This phased her. This was something like burn it, burn it now. Um, she threw it away. My uncle Gary actually retrieved it. And Good job, Gary. Yeah. Kept it. Good job. Shout out oh to Gary. Gosh. He even had it uh, tested um, just to see, like, is this really a thing? And the dude showed up in the negatives. What? Mm-hmm. So. Oh, my goodness. It's legit. So as I was saying, um, he had it checked out. And again, this was in the 80s. Uh, before oh you could really manipulate photos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like at least before that, those sorts of tools were available to the public at large, you know? Right, yeah. Right. Crazy. And That's so freaky. Let me see that picture one more time. Yeah. I can't even stare at it too long because it creeps me out. Um, it looks like something trying to be a person. It does. I yes. hate it so much, but I also like can't stop looking at it because it's so creepy. Uh. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody that looks at this picture just, like, gets the crazy goosebumps that I got the first time I looked at it. This is so weird. Yeah. <sighs> and uh, my grandparents uh, sold the trailer by December. I do not blame them for that. <laughs> that is the right move. And no one in my mom's family returned to Lake Whitney. Like, you know what? Ever again. Ever again. I get it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> I just got the tingle up my back again. That's <laughs> I tried. That's to, weird. Yeah. I tried to find other stories specific to the area, but only came across a warning not to swim in the middle of the lake at night. <laughs> After a couple reported strange bite marks following a midnight swim. Ooh. And first of all, who the heck is swimming <laughs> out to the middle of a large lake? Right. At night, it's uh, just oh, a lack of no. common yeah, sense. Yeah, that's man. a little weird of <sighs> someone to do anyway. But, but like the bites, then for that like... to happen is oof. So this place is a little bit spooky. It's just what a little spooky. <laughs> I kind of want to go. <laughs> mm. Oh man, I have such an internal battle with that. <laughs> yes, like, whenever you we always do, like, say that you want spots, it, and then you know you don't. I think I would get there and I would once again pass out from yeah. the fear. I would just pass out. But like, I want to want to go. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, I actually want to go. Oh, my gosh. No cease. Interact with that guy. He doesn't have a mustache. No, I don't so. want to interact with him. No, no, no. You don't? No. no. What well, if he had a mustache what if, but, right now? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but listen. <laughs> it was a new used camper. So what if it wasn't Lake Whitney that was the problem? It was the camper. What if it was the camper? Because I was talking with Cece for a mm-hmm. little bit about the elemental. Oh. Do you remember how they learned later um, that the atmospheric pressure drops would cause serotonin hyperfunction syndrome that uh-huh. made people sick and made them feel off, made them oh, feel scared. Yeah. And they'd also get those like electromagnetic activities that you could perceive on like the hair of your uh-huh. body. Uh-huh. I just wonder. I just Maybe. wonder if it was like an atmosphere And that's thing. why they were having all the weird stuff. Headaches before. and feeling yucky yeah. and... Personally, personally, I do not wish to be perceived. I yeah, I don't wish to be perceived. That's like I want to put that on a shirt. Personally, I do not wish to be perceived. Not... <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's so great. We should make a shirt with this guy's face on it. Oh, no, 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 no. Personally, <laughs> I do not. Wish to... I hope somebody does. Honestly, if if someone wants to make money wish. off of this. <laughs> I'm just, please don't. For the love of God, do not do that. Personally, I do he, not wish to be perceived. He is not a handsome fella. He is not. I'm sure people will see that. Yeah. On yes. their own accord. So bizarre. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, that's my spooky story. Woo-hoo. Thank you so much for telling it. We appreciate it. You're most welcome. And if your family happens <laughs> to listen to this episode, thank you guys for sharing Cece with us and for sharing this photo with us. Yes. Because it's spooky. Spooky. Mm. <laughs> All right. Final story of the night. Oh, is this one that I get to read? You get to read this one. Ooh, hey, fun. Kevin. So, okay. So I've not read this. I'm going to be reacting as I read it. And uh, is there anything I should do to set it up? Or I do you want to set so it up I quick? sort of introduced it. Um, and so if you want to... Just oh, okay, in, in the writing? Yep. It's the final story. It's Vaughn. Okay. Okay, here we go. 
<clears throat> okay, so this story was sent to us by our dear friend Vaughn, and he actually sent it to us in an audio format, and he shared a little bit of what his memory of the story was, and then he had his dad share the full thing. Because his dad's the one who had the full experience, not Vaughn. So <clears throat> there's some perspective there. So I'm kind of half transcribing, half paraphrasing the audio story, but I'm going to tell this in the first person as if I'm Vaughn or his dad, if that makes sense. So Yes. Okay. From Vaughn's perspective, he said, so th- these are his opening words. Hi, Kevin and Haley. It's Vaughn, and I'm here with my dad, and we wanted to, t- to talk about this paranormal activity that happened in the Philippines in 2015 around the summertime, so right around my birthday at my aunt and uncle's house. To summarize my angle on what had happened, my parents were staying with my grandparents in the Philippines, and I remember in the middle of the night, my mom and dad came back toward my sisters and I were sleeping at my aunt and uncle's house. And I remember that my dad just told us something had happened, and the next day he told us the full story, and that's what I remember from it. So I'm going to let my dad tell the full story from his experience. So here is Vaughn's dad's uh, perspective. Renilo, thank you so much for sharing the story with us. I was at the house of my mother-in-law and father-in-law on vacation with Vaughn and Ronnie, and one very early morning, my brother-in-law came to the house and was looking for me. I was the last one to get up from the bedroom, and I usually pray in the morning, I have my prayer book and everything, and then I came down to meet with my brother-in-law, and I didn't even have my shirt on yet. I was just wearing shorts. We were talking at the veranda at the house, and all of a sudden, we heard a big bang. We were shook and were wondering what it was that made the sound. We thought that maybe it was a big bird that had landed on the roof. The roof isn't shingles, it was a metal roof, so we were kind of like, oh, it's just a bird, since the metal would be loud. So we just moved on and were kind of talking again, and suddenly another big bang came again. This time we were more like, what was that? (laughs) So I looked inside of the house and looked up and down the stairs, all around, even in the basement, and there was nothing unusual. So I came back out. My brother-in-law asked me, what was that? And I just said, it must have been a big animal or something that landed on the roof. Then we got back into our conversation. And then another big bang, a third time. This one was weird because now this is the third time we heard that huge banging sound. So my first impression was something's wrong. There's really something happening here. So my wife, I told her, can you look upstairs and I'll look downstairs for whatever is causing the noise? We can also go check around outside after. And so my wife, Selena, she went upstairs to the bedrooms in the split-level house, and when she tried to open the main bedroom, where I had been, she couldn't open it. She could only open it a few inches, and that's it. She kind of poked herself through the crack of the door, and when she did, she found the tiles in the room all busted. That kind of really gave us a shock. We were astounded and kind of shook. These are cement floors with overlaid tiles on top of the flooring. So with that and the door not opening, we got scared. We wondered if something evil was in the house, that maybe it was one of those spirits that Mamela talked about that scare the people who sleep there. Mamela is Vaughn's grandmother, by the way. So we contacted a healer. I hope I said that right. I don't know if I said that name right. You said Mamela. Mamela. Mamela is Vaughn's grandmother. Okay. So they contacted a healer. Sorry, I'm saying in the first person. So we contacted a healer, like a faith healer. This guy was very powerful, and we just kind of rammed the stuck door open. He looked around and said, yes, somebody was mad. What? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. The spook of it. <laughs> wow. He gave me a holy water and told me to put it in the middle of the room and then told us to bless the house with the water the next morning, and we did. But when I examined the bottle that the water was in, there was a black hair about a half an inch long in the water, which is unusual. How could the hair not be in there and then be in there when no one was in the room? So that was the first episode of that day that had happened. Mm. Oh, there's more. Mm. Oh, my gosh. There's more. Mm -mm. So the next part is that we went to the farm. (laughs) My brother-in-law and I were heading home. I was driving the SUV, and my brother-in-law said kind of jokingly, like, hey, they might go with you tonight back to the house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a super funny joke. Wow. That's the kind of joke Um, you would make, Kevin. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, well, they can even be front seat. They can come with us. That's what I said. So when we got to the house, I told Vaughn's mom to open the gate, 
and when she opened it, she was standing there beside it, and when I pulled in, I heard a big bang in front of the SUV. I asked her, did I hit the gate or something? And she said, no, I didn't see anything hitting the gate. You didn't crash into anything. So I said, okay, (laughs) and went to the garage and parked the SUV. I went straight into the house and upstairs where I took a shower, and because it was late when we got back, we went to bed. When we were already sleeping in Mommy La's room, in the smaller room, while the other ladies were talking in the room adjacent to it, and we ended up all getting together in the adjacent room and talking until around midnight. I told everyone that I was going to go back to Mommy La's room to sleep. As I stepped down onto the tile, the tile dipped down as if it were so soft like I was stepping into mud. What? So I lifted my foot and stepped again, and it was the same thing. So I backed off when I did. The tiles in front of me snapped, split, like cracked, all the cracks coming towards me. I was so scared. I'm sure you were. Holy, oh my gosh. Holy heck. Holy Mm-mm. heck. Mm-mm. Luckily, I had my cross necklace so I can like pray right away. And I told that spirit, whatever it was, get out of this house. This is not your house. This is our house. This is our house. Like, I got mad at him or her, and eventually it stopped. Mami La was very pale and scared, and everyone in the room was all the girls, aunts, and my wife. And I blocked the door heading towards them because I was scared and didn't want any of them to become possessed by the spirit. I thought of this because I knew that many of the people around the town had been getting possessed by spirits. Are you serious? Um. It's like a thing that's happening actively. Enough for people to know that it was happening actively? yeah. Wow. Big yikes. So I told the ladies that we needed to get out of the house and go to the house where Vaughn was at, his aunt and uncle's house, where they were at the time. So as we went down, we didn't even get our clothes. We just wore our nightgowns, nightclothes, and pajamas and headed out of the house and wanted to lock it as quickly as we could. But, there's a but, as I was getting out, oh, as I was getting out, I couldn't find the key, and I wanted to because I was near that door where that phenomenon was happening, and I didn't want to get locked in. But before we could leave the house, I saw the hood of the SUV, which usually has to be opened by a small latch on the inside of the car, was already opened. I've got goosebumps like eight times reading so this. So scary. What? I thought, how could this be opened? None of us had touched the car since it was parked. How could it be open? So we decided not to go in the car, and we all just walked about a half a mile all the way to Vaughn's aunt and uncle's house. We knocked hard for a long time on their metal gate to let us in. They didn't even hear us at first, but finally, after about 30 minutes of pounding, they did hear us and let us in. So that was the story that really embedded on me. Yeah! Huge yikes, man. It was quite the horrific experience for me. And luckily, nobody got hurt, and nobody got possessed, and I think, just because of my faith, I fought it off. It's quite a story, quite the encounter with what I believe was an evil spirit, and I believe if you have faith and pray in front of these spirits, they can never conquer you, but I still haven't forgotten about my experience. Oh my gosh! I I don't think you ever will. Wow! That is crazy! It's like you hear about that stuff happening, but it always feels so like, I don't know, you feel so separated or removed from it, but then a friend tells you a story. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or a friend's dad who has a very vivid memory like this, they tell you these stories (laughs) and it's like, unbelievable. Wow. I think that's what's really special about listener submissions because it's just like people experience so many things. Yeah. It feels Mm -hmm. that much more real. It does. And, uh... Yeah. Wow. It's also validating <laughs> if you've had anything similar. Mm. It's like, okay, so I'm not crazy. Yeah. It's almost yes. like a like a relief. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh my oh. goodness. Next time I see Ranillo, I'm going to give him a big old hug and yeah. tell him I'm glad he made it out alive unpossessed by an evil spirit. Scary. <laughs> that is crazy. Say that specifically. Wow. Yeah. Just yes, say that specifically. Exactly those words. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Wow. Well, that is all of the stories that we have for this very first listener edition of the podcast. Well, this has been so much fun. Uh, We're definitely doing this again. Yes. Heck yeah. Cease, you are always welcome back. We are honored to have you. 
I'm honored to be here. <laughs> well, shoot. <laughs> well, for everybody listening in, thank you for listening to the unusual, unsettling, and unsavory stories today because they were all so, so good. I can't even pick a favorite. Because they were all so different. They were all so different. They were all so much fun. And uh, I straight up got like tingles and goosebumps many times in every single story. They were all so good. Mm-hmm. So thank you, everybody, for, for submitting. We're still taking more submissions um, all the time. So make sure that you shoot us an email with your story. Uh, this one is a doozy at gmail.com. And also, if you aren't already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. And so that way you don't miss any uh, new episodes. And please leave a glowing five-star review, especially if you had a favorite story this time. You can put that in there and let us know what your favorite story was in the review. I think that's allowed. I would do it. I think that's awesome. I would do it. <laughs> and uh, lastly, you can follow us on social media at this one is a doozy on Instagram and TikTok. And this one's a doozy podcast on Facebook. And uh, that's all we have for you today. So we'll see you on Thursday yes, for another one more no, this is, this is the last October spooky season it doozy. It is. So this what? Is, this is the last of the bonus episodes for, for a little while, I think. Where has the year gone? I know. I know. It's I so know. crazy. Coming into November already. but Well, happy Halloween, yeah. friends, if you're listening on the day that this comes out. We're really, really super thankful for everyone who sent in stories. And like I said at the beginning, if you sent in a story and you did not hear it read today, fear not. I will read them in the future. So yes, I just wanted to put that out there. And Haley's please keep got like submitting. Six months planned out, so we're ready to go. <laughs> I literally have planned through March. So <laughs> nice. All right. Well, with that, we'll see you on Thursday for another doozy. Bye. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.